0: Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. Amen. It is good to see you this morning. It is good just to be with you every Sunday morning. Now, I know a lot of people are uh, gone Labor Day, you know, Labor Day weekend. We know a lot of people are gone, and so whether you're online or you're in the room, it's just good to be together. It was five weeks ago. Five weeks ago that I started this teaching series called Refocus. It was five weeks ago that I started this conversation where I just wanted to kind of let you see into kind of parts of my life that I wrestle with. Parts of my life that I need to pay attention to because if I don't pay attention to certain areas, I can get distracted And I can find myself with mindsets that I know don't help me as I follow Jesus. And so what I hoped is, as I talked about these things every week, is that maybe you connected with them as well. That maybe you say, Scott, maybe I need to do this as well. And so what I did, as I told you from the first week, is I set up five different objects in my office that just sit on my desk every day, always. And as I see them, they kind of pull me back into, yes, God, this is how you're supposed to think. This is how you're supposed to live. And so I told you the first week about the wooden robot. I'll kind of recap it today as we're ending. I talked about the robot because I want God to use my life to make a difference in other people's lives. But in order for that to happen, I need to get used to being and feeling uncomfortable. I need to be like this robot that can change in in ways that don't always feel good. But if God's going to use me in in, in ways in people's lives so they see Jesus, I need to live out what Paul said, where I want to be all things to all people so that they can experience jesus through my life and that many can be saved and so that means i need to get used to being uncomfortable of meeting people where they are giving my life away to people not being about myself but just saying whatever i need to do and then the second week i talked about this rock from the sea of galilee I shared this rock because of my experience in Israel where I was on that boat looking over this water that Peter once walked on. And and he walked on until he began to look around. He saw all the storms, he saw all the the distractions, the things that kind of grabbed his attention. And in that moment, he felt like he was going to drown. But I needed to remind us that day we're not going to drown, you're not going to drown that in that story of Jesus and Peter remind us that Jesus is always there his presence is there it's just wanting to reach down and pull us up but the real question was will we let him pull us up will our pride let him pull us up will we surrender ourselves and let him do what he can do and then the third week i showed you my coin my copper coin of the, the widow's might, And I don't know if you resonated with me that week, but I'd shared how I have insecurities. And one of the biggest insecurities from my life is what I can and cannot do with the skills that I have. Like, am I um, enough to get this done? And, and I told you, this is not the question for life. I should not worry, do I have what it takes? My responsibility in life is to be obedient. Jesus is responsible for the results. And if we can grab a hold of life and just say, my responsibility is not to be more than God's made me, but I'm to be who he's made me to be, and then he can handle the results, I think our life changes. I think it releases him to do more in and through us. And then last week, the hashtag, The world tries to put labels on us. You've maybe felt this, that people try to put labels on us based on our past, based upon what they think of us, and sometimes we have trouble embracing these labels that are trying to put on us, and sometimes we label ourselves. but I hope you received the message that said, you are not allowed. To label yourself anything that God hasn't labeled you. That the world is not allowed to label you anything because the only one that can put labels on you to give you identity, to give you value, is the one that created you. That you are God's masterpiece. And he gets to put the labels on you. So those were the first four weeks, and now we get to the fifth week. And there's, I'll be honest, there's a reason I've saved this last one for today is because this is the one that I struggle with the most. If I'm just going to share my life, I'll just tell you, this is the one that I struggle with the most. This is the one I have to keep on the front burner because if I don't, man, I, I find myself in places where I'm like, Scott, why do you do this? so what we're gonna talk about today is what do we do when we've hit a wall in life we can't get through? Some may call it a mountain. What do we do that we want God to do immeasurably more than we've ever asked or imagined? What do we do? We run into a wall and we're like, I can't get through this. How do we walk through this season of life? What I'm hoping this morning is you are, you'll be stretched I'll tell you this morning, this one I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean in and really challenge you about a life shift that needs to happen. But for today's last thing that's on Scott's desk, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 17, and let's jump into this together. Now, as always, I tell you, you got your phone. Grab your phone. We use the Uversion app. You can always uh, follow on the screen. There's a Bible in the room if you're in the room, or maybe you brought your Bible. Go to Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 through 20. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation. How long shall I stay with you? How long should I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. This is Jesus talking. Now Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private, and they asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, Because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now, let's picture this scene, okay? So it's what we do. We jump into the text. What's this scene look like? If you read right before this, what right before us, you'll see that Jesus James, Peter, John, the other James, they were up in a mountain and they were having an experience with God. They were, they were away, they were separate from the other disciples. This moment is called the transfiguration. Well, they're coming down from the mountain now and they walk into a chaotic situation with the other disciples. Now, Jesus and the disciples at this point in their ministry had developed a reputation. They developed a reputation for being able to heal and restore people. And now a dad. A dad that's probably tried everything he can in life. A dad that probably, if I know how dads work in this, is they've exhausted maybe money, they've exhausted time, they've, just, they've gone to everybody that they can. And now they're in front of the disciples and he's asking them, Will you do something miraculous for my son? Will you do something supernatural for my son? But the problem is, the disciples can't help him. The disciples can't heal him. Now this is a really big deal to the disciples. This may not seem like a big deal to you because it's the disciples, but to them, this is a big deal because Mark, if you read the Gospel of Mark, you'll, know, you'll see that he's already told us that Jesus has sent them out prior to this event, has sent them out. They go out two by two under his authority, and they have done miraculous things. They have been on mission, and they've been living in this supernatural power of Jesus. They've seen and done things beyond themselves. In Mark 6, I'll just share with you, it says, they went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out demons anointed many sick people with oil, and they healed them. This is what the disciples have experienced. They've experienced the power that comes at the working of Jesus in and through their life. But now, in this moment, they have run into a wall. They have come across something bigger than them and they aren't sure they're they're perplexed that they aren't able to break through in this moment and I read this portion of text and I go I've felt that before have you felt that before? That you've come head to head with something bigger than you, and you just aren't sure what to do. You've experienced Jesus in the past, but now something is just bigger and stronger. And this may be an addiction in your life. This may be something physical in your life. This may be something emotionally overpowering. This, This may be the weight of the world. For whatever reason, something is happening and you just can't seem to break through and you don't know why. Your story doesn't have to be the disciples' story. But I want you to sense their frustration in that question. I want you to sense their frustration. Why couldn't we heal the boy like you did? They obviously tried, or they wouldn't ask that question, right? Why couldn't we do this? Now, Jesus answers their question. And he gives this famous answer. It says, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain... They're coming down from a mountain. There's a mountain right in front of them, right? You can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now, can I be honest with you? Once again, I'm, just, I'm, I'm letting you into my life, how I walk through these things. In the past, this portion of Scripture is very frustrating to me. This part of Scripture... I just, I wrestle with. If you just have a little bit of faith, you can move mountains. Nothing is impossible with Jesus if you just have faith the side of a mustard seed. And I don't know if you've felt this emotion before. I don't know if you've had this thought before when you've read this. But I feel like I've had this it, from a deep place come out. I do have faith. Like, I don't understand this. I do have faith. I have faith that's bigger than a mustard seed. Like, Jesus, I don't think I wrestle with this, but why can't I move the mountain that's in front of me? If you say this, why can't this be the result? Because I think I'm there. Why can't I push through the experience I'm having? Why can't I push through the feelings that I'm having? Why can't I just push through and get to the other side of whatever this weight of life is. I have faith in you, Jesus. But here I am. This text has been frustrating to me. Like, I don't know if you've ever felt that before, but that, that, that you wrestle with this text because you feel like You're just like me, that you've had faith. You have faith. You believe in Jesus. You don't doubt what Jesus can do. You don't doubt that you've believed in who he is, but there you sit, and you wrestle, and you need something else. You need something to happen, but it's just not happening. I'm not having the physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever breakthrough you need, I'm not having it. Well, that is me. Maybe that is you. But I want you to imagine the disciples in this moment. If we're reading their story, I want you to imagine them. Jesus says to them, if you just have faith like a mustard seed. He's saying it to the disciples. If you just have faith like a mustard seed. I can imagine. I don't know what they said, because we don't have every word. But what if they're like, Jesus, you don't think that I have faith like a mustard seed? We have left everything you called us, we answered, we left everything. We've experienced so much in and through you. You don't think we have faith? I wonder if this was as hard for them as it's hard for me to see Matthew 17. That I haven't really known in the past in my life how do I navigate this verse? Because all I can think about is just, Scott, you just got to have bigger faith. Scott, you just have to do more. You just have to believe more. This is your issue. Just have more faith. But then God did something for me. Then God did something for me. God showed me something in this story that maybe I was missing. And as I grow in this, I want to kind of put it in your lap. Is there something maybe you are missing? See, when I saw this concept, that, that, uh, this, uh, what God showed me, it changed the whole story for me. And what happened one one day is that I I moved from Matthew 17, and I read the exact same story in Mark chapter 9. See, in Mark chapter 9, he tells the exact same event. Mark even tells us about them being on the mountain and then coming down. And Mark tells the version of his story as he sees it. But, as Mark tells his story, the ending of his story is different. Now this happens in the Gospel sometimes, and this doesn't mean there is contradiction. What it means is God is using mark's experience to share his story of who Jesus is, and just like you and I, when we experience the same event, God shows us different things so we can share and live in and, and, and see him in new ways. and so Mark is sharing part of the story that you don't read in Matthew. He's sharing in his gospel something that God showed him. And so in Mark's telling of the event, the healing happens, and the disciples come, and they ask the same question. Why couldn't we do this? Why couldn't we heal the boy like you did? And in Mark nine twenty nine, this is what he says. He replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. And here I am reading it, and I pause. And I'm asking myself, what is Mark trying to say? I'm asking myself, what is Jesus trying to say to the disciples? What is Jesus trying to say to me? And I begin to ask myself, what would happen if I combined Matthew 17 and Mark 9's story? What if, what if I took this event and I see the two different perspectives? Would I get the bigger picture of what God is doing, what Jesus has done through this story? And I'm wondering if the big idea of this story is this. When you run into something that's bigger than you, It's not about the amount of faith, but where you put it. It's not about the amount of faith, but how you use it. What if the emphasis is not on the amount of faith, but where this faith is put? See, I'm wondering if Jesus is trying to take the disciples to a deeper place that they haven't been. As I read this, I'm wondering to myself, God, are you trying to take me to a deeper place that I haven't been? Are you pushing me? See, the disciples had done amazing things under the authority of Jesus when he sent them out two by two, like I read in Mark 6. But here they are. And regular life is happening. That moment where he sent them out to do great works of healings and anointings and people repent, they're now just, they're doing life together. And I'm wondering, here, get this. I'm wondering if Jesus is trying to make a point to them. There's gonna be a time when I'm not here. Here, Here's why I'm saying this. Jesus was off on the mountain, away from them. While he was gone, they find themselves in a predicament that was bigger than themselves. And they couldn't overcome it. Jesus enters the story and does what Jesus does. And I'm wondering if he's speaking to them, and he's like, how are you going to operate? When I'm gone, when things are bigger than you. How are you going to operate in life? When I haven't sent you out with specific authority to go do the miraculous, and I'm not around anymore, how are you going to operate in life? And maybe he has to have a quick conversation with the disciples. And maybe what he is trying to get them to see is it's actually not about more faith which is the way we often think about it, isn't it? Haven't you been pushed sometimes in your life? You just need to have more faith. And I'm wondering, once again, I'm walking you through the process of what God has been teaching me, that maybe when we talk about faith, we should stop talking about the quantity of it And more intentionally, where are we putting it? How are we acting it out? How is it seen through our lives and how we use it? Because maybe Jesus needs them to see that when you just take a little bit of faith, the size of a mustard seed, which is all that's needed from them, but they take a little bit of mustard seed faith. And they apply it or attach it to prayer. The result of that is where the mountains begin to move. Maybe he needs to see that it's not the amount of faith, it's what you put your faith in and how you exercise this. And what if he's challenging the disciples in this moment? It's time to take your faith to a different place. And it's not about more of it because it's not about you. I need to pause there for a second. What if he's talking about this mustard seed faith and he says, you don't need more faith because it's not about you. I realize this is contradictory to maybe teachings you've had before of trying to push the quantity or the size of our faith up. And what if Jesus is saying it's only about the little bit of faith because it's not about you? That if you take that little bit of faith, and you put it into action through prayer, what we've done is we've taken that little bit of, uh, of what we have and we put it in the place where the power really is. Maybe when the seed of faith is put in the rich soil of prayer, this is when we begin to leave living in the natural ourselves and begin to live in the supernatural of where God is found and because we always are discussing I need to have more and more faith we never go outside of ourselves what if the disciples were running into this wall because they had experienced the miracles they started believing in in what they could do and now they've run into something and they don't have what it takes and Jesus is like the only way you push through these is through prayer Because that little bit of faith in prayer has access to me and where the power is in ways maybe you haven't even experienced before, disciples. Listen, there's going to be a time when I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be gone. And what if he is still developing them? And in turn, he's developing us. And I'll be vulnerable with you again this morning. Is Why this has to stay on the front burner on my desk, right in front of me, is because I struggle with this in my life. I believe sometimes in myself a little too much. My go-to move in life is not this, is not prayer, it's Scott figuring things out, and I kind of, I can kind of see myself in the disciples, Jesus, why couldn't I do this? And I have to be corrected. Well, how well are you tapping into, connecting to where real power is found? Now, I wanna be clear something, I do pray. And maybe for you, you're like, Scott, I do pray. But can I point something out that I had to be really convicted of myself? That there is a difference in a person who has prayed and a person who lives by prayer. This one gets me. That there is a difference in someone who has prayed and someone who lives life By prayer. And many times I fall into that first category. And I'm wondering if you fall into that place where you pray as things come because you are asking for things, but you're not living out, I'm not living out what Paul talks about in 1 Thessalonians 5 when he says, Always be joyful, never stop praying. Some other translations are uh, pray without ceasing. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is what God's will for you is for you who belong to Christ Jesus. There is a difference in praying for things and prayer being a lifestyle. This is what I had to be pushed in. I think Jesus over and over showed his disciples that prayer was his foundational piece in life. He was always going away. He was going away before. He was going away after events in his life because he was showing them this is what sustains him. This is what gives him the strength. This is what gives him the courage. This is what gives him the wisdom. This is what gives him the power to do what his father has called him to do on this earth. Maybe once again, he's showing them. Without a life of prayer, you're gonna run into things that are way bigger than you. But if you'll put that little seed of faith and begin to let prayer be the soil that it rests in daily, maybe this is when mountains begin to move. So, I've told you, this is me kind of opening up my life. And God's beginning to challenge me. Scott, how much do you really put your faith in action through just consistent prayer? Do you wait for things to happen so that you bring them to Him, or is just, just who you are? And I'm wondering if you would give an assessment for your life, if Jesus is making a deal out of prayer. When the disciples have run into things that are so much bigger than them, how would you assess your prayer life? Because I am believing, I am beginning to walk into with my life, this past couple years, into prayer in ways that I wasn't before. That I'm realizing that mustard seed faith Plus, a life of prayer changes some things, begins to do things, and this is what I want to do for the next five, 10 minutes. Can I talk to you about prayer and what it does? And I've got one goal. Could it push us into a deeper prayer life? Because maybe that's what we're missing because I believe that mustard seed faith plus a life of prayer changes our prayers from being transactional to relational. Can you be honest with yourself like I had to be honest with myself when we pray for things it's because we want the thing to happen not necessarily the person we're praying to. Can we be honest with ourselves That we have turned prayer sometimes Into a vending machine Where I see the Snickers bar that I want So I push M6 And I want that Snickers bar to come down Because I give my 75 cents My dollar worth of prayer And then we get into things in life And we're like wait I've asked for it, why is it happening? And maybe that Jesus is trying to get the disciples once again to see, prayer is not just about things that you get or you do, it's about moving our prayers from being transactional to relational, because there's a depth of relationships that happens with Jesus that can't happen outside of a life of prayer. And when our faith little bit of faith. That's all he's asking for us to believe in who he is. And that action is taken out. I'm going to start praying because I want a relationship with God, not just something from God. Something has to change in us. And can we move from transactional prayers to relational prayers and stop treating God like he's a vending machine? when we have a little bit of seed of faith, and we put it into a life of prayer, I think what it does is it transfers who or what we put our trust in. Get this, when we go from transactional to relational, now that relationship grows. Now our trust in Jesus can grow you don't trust somebody you don't have a relationship with. Right? This is how life works. Name one person you trust completely that you don't have a relationship with, that you don't have experience with, that you haven't done life with. We truly can't trust Jesus to deep levels if we don't really know Jesus because our relationship is based on transactions, not us and Him in a relationship? Can we move from transactional prayers to relational prayers which then transfers who and what we trust in? The reason I need to grow in this area of my life is because I need to stop trusting myself, trusting other people who have done things for me, trusted trusted anything that isn't where the power really is and found in jesus christ i don't know what the disciples were trusting in i don't know the behind the story but i'm one of jesus is pushing them there has to be something in me more than whatever else you're trusting so we, we have to move from transactional, relational. We have to transfer what we trust. And the third thing is when we have a mustard seed faith put into action through prayer, our prayers become an act of worship which elevates God into a place of authority. This one, I'll, this drum I'll keep beating here. I know you've heard, if you've been around, you've heard me say this. If God is not the authority of our life then he is not the God of our life. You can say whatever you want. But until God becomes the authority in our life we have, we're not there. We have not seen who he is. We have no, we don't have that relationship. We, we don't really trust him. Listen, if we get to a place where we begin to build a relationship, trust begins to grow, then prayer becomes this act of worship where it's, God, God, I'm trying to put you back in the seat of authority where you belong. You know what's amazing about this with the disciples? The disciples did more when Jesus sent them out in his authority. He didn't just send them out in his authority. That is when things began happen in their life like wow look what can happen but we begin to operate in a belief of jesus but not given the authority to jesus man it changes things y'all I need to get there. I need to wrestle with this. Does Pastor Scott believe in himself to do what God has called me to do? Or do I praise an act of worship to say, it is you that's the authority, and I am your child. This changes life and how we walk through the hardest seasons, the breakthrough, the moments when we don't feel like we can get a breakthrough, when we have what Jesus says, a mountain there right in front of us. When we have mustard seed faith combined with the life of prayer, this allows God to give us discernment for what we are to pray for and trust Him with. This one you got to wrestle with. Outside of relationship, outside of trust, and outside of authority, we can pray for things that we shouldn't be praying for because God doesn't want those things for us. Sometimes we wonder, why am I not getting what I'm praying for? And I'm saying, because that's not what God wants for you. But when you get inside this relationship and he has authority and we're not just praying for things we want, we're praying because we want a relationship, God begins to speak into us, this is what's good for you. This is what I want Do you know that something can be good but also not be something God has for you? Sickness. We wonder, God, why does God heal over here but not heal over here? God, I'm praying. I have this faith. Why isn't it happening? We can get frustrated. There's been time and time again that I've talked to people when they are sick that these are some of the biggest times they feel close to God God does miraculous things inside of them to heal them, but maybe not the thing they were praying for, but he worked miracles in their life in other ways, and I'll tell you this, that sometimes if God would give us what we're praying for without his discernment, we miss out on something greater, and so when we begin to grow in this relationship and we begin to worship and we transfer our trust and we, we, we give him authority, he begins to begin to speak to us and say, hey, will your heart align to my heart? Will your desires be my desires? Well, I, I'll give you discernment to know what to pray for and what you can trust me for. It changes our life. Because now we find ourselves in his will, not our own and our prayers begin to change. When we put a little bit of mustard seed faith and combine it with a life of prayer, it begins to break down walls of settling so we can believe for more. Can I tell you, when you have a relationship with God and he's the authority and he's speaking into you, he begins to show us ways. Hey, don't settle for this believe for something greater. When you begin to follow Jesus, there's a supernatural part of this relationship, and sometimes we settle for the natural when we have the ability to be living in the supernatural, but oftentimes we don't get there because it's just in the moment transactional prayers don't move us into the supernatural as much as the relationship side of Jesus, the, the transferring of, of, of our, our will and, 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 and worshiping him. It, it doesn't happen. I think out of the proper order, When we begin to walk down this, we'll start going, whoa, I can believe for more than I've ever believed before because this is what God has been showing me. This is what I have in Jesus. This this is maybe where Jesus is saying to the disciples, you'll be able to move mountains. Hey, nothing's impossible. But if you want to push through something like this, it only comes through prayer. And then the last one I think is when we, when we operate this way this moves the heart of God into action. God listens to our prayers and when we're in alignment with Him He moves. You want to break through these walls in your life. You want to move what the Bible has said is move these mountains in your life. I don't think it happens when we're used to using prayers as vending machines, but how we walk through prayer with having, once again, it's not about us, a little bit of faith, just believing Jesus, you can do this, begin to walk out that faith as our, our seed of faith rests in the soil of prayer. All of a sudden, I think the heart of God moves and we go, wow, look what God is doing. Now, don't get me wrong. God can move in any way he wants to. It doesn't have to be about this. What I'm talking about is I think the desire for the disciples in this moment is for them to see the power of prayer and how it changes things. I won't box God in saying he only does it because of this. What I'm saying is I think this is what he wants with us. And so I keep this little mustard seed. On my desk, and can I tell you when I first had this mustard seed on my desk? Can I just tell you that the reason I put it there is because I was just simply trying to tell myself, Scott, just believe for more. Have faith that Jesus can do more; that He's powerful over anything, and He can do so much with something this small. But it so frustrated me because I'm like, bu- bu- I don't see it. It isn't until God begins to reveal into me you take something this small and you put it in prayer where the power is really found. I begin to realize God, God's not asking for more from me. Jesus isn't shaming them saying you don't have enough faith he's saying this is all you need but something like this can over be only overcome when we are people of prayer and so when I see this now I believe nothing is impossible in Jesus but how I approach that relationship and that conversation is completely different And I'm believing that as I grow in this, that I will begin to operate in the relationship with Jesus he has wanted me to have and that I will live in this supernatural place versus just in the natural. And I will be able to see mountains moved in my life. But it's not gonna be just because of what I want. You you see how that first is really important. Prayer changes things. And not just when I want something, but when I want someone. So can I challenge you this morning? How's your prayer life? Do you have something you're wrestling with and you are just like me, you're yelling, I have faith like a mustard seed, Jesus where are you? And what if he's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for you to meet me in prayer. And not just today, but tomorrow. And not just today, but right now. I want you to never stop praying. Because in me, with your little bit of, pray, little bit of faith, you'll move that mountain. You'll move that mountain. I don't know what your mountain is. We all have them, right? Like, I don't know what your mountain is. What I'm saying is it's not going to take more of you. It's going to take more of you finding yourself in the power of Jesus. And I think prayer is that vehicle. And that's where I want to operate. And so we're going to do as we do today. We are going to end in worship and just proclaiming the greatness of God. The power of Jesus, but maybe today there's just a commitment, a commitment that needs to be made from you to God, and just saying, God, I'm going I'm to bring these things to you in prayer. I'm going to trust that, that as I put you in the place of authority, as, as you begin to speak to me, we're going to walk through this differently, and I'm going to find this mountain moved, not because I did something, but because I found myself in you a little bit more, and so Jesus thank you for your power thank you for your ability as god sent you to this earth you showed us what can be done but god i pray we're not like the disciples who we have moments where we see you but then we run in like i don't know what to do now and 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 god that i pray that we would find these mountain moving moments because we're connecting to a mountain-moving God. And I pray that we would be challenged like you've been challenging me. Rely less on yourself and rely more on God, and that comes through prayer. That you'd wake us up in the morning, you'd convict us. You'd wake us up in the morning and you remind us, hey, are you bringing your stuff to me? In the middle of the morning, when we're feeling the weight of the world, we're feeling the struggle, we, we, we don't try to do anything but just to pray first because we depend on you. Before we go to bed at night, God, that we just bring you what we've got and you will speak to us. And God, in moments when we don't have anything, we're still praying because we're trying to connect with you. We want to worship you we want to put you in the seat of authority we want to put you in the seat of being the lord of our life God we just place you there and God may we just see the change that happens because I believe you have more for us and we're settling there's miracles inside of you God and I want to see those in my life but I know they only happen when I take my little bit of faith in you but you do the miracles so if there's anybody in here today, anybody watching that needs this, God, will you just begin to speak to us and we give ourselves to you. Not just in this moment, but we make a commitment. I'm going to lean into this relationship with you, God, through prayer. And I know you'll do miracles. Nothing is impossible with you. It's your name, Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you would like to hear more, check out our website at ouronehope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.